This is the primal scream of a dying regime. Pray for our enemies, because we're going medieval on these people. Here's not got a free shot. All these networks lying about the people. The people have had a belly full of it. I know you don't like hearing that. I know you try to do everything in the world to stop that, but you're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. And where do people like that go to share the big lie? MAGA media. I wish in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Uh, it's Saturday, 28 October, year of Lord 2023. We got a lot to get through in the second hour, and I commit to you we're going to get through all of it. Uh, Sheila, and I want to thank the brothers Hoft and Gateway Pundit. They brought Sheila to my uh, attention. It's been, um, we have not spent enough time on this topic, but I commit to you that we are because uh, this is a scandal of the highest order. This is what's helped destroy a generation of young men. Young men who were diagnosed for being little boys, little boys, doing nothing but what little boys traditionally do. Look out the window, maybe not pay it, totally pay attention. That's where they're little boys. And what was the what was the solution? Drug them up and look at the societal problems we've had since then. Sheila, in all of these shootings, have any of these psychiatrists and you make this point that should be the very first thing that should come up and we should see all the drugs and everything that was done and advocated for these these uh, young men. Have any to your knowledge, the best of your knowledge, have any of the psychiatrists been sued? Have any of the school systems because it's been sued? Have any of the drug manufacturers, either class action or individual parents uh, gone after these folks? Uh, no. Uh, I could tell you that in the Sandy Hook, Dr. Paul Fox, our organization, it took them a year to release his name, Dr. Paul Fox. And it turned out another parent came forward to our organization that he placed, Dr. Paul Fox, placed another child on a cocktail of drugs and is brain damaged. We have a story on our website about that young child who cannot even leave the house any longer. I mean, he's really brain damaged from all the drugs. And um, also Dr. Paul Fox turned out he was having sex with one of his patients. So our organization fought to get um, the Sandy Hook sh uh, shooter psychiatrist arrested and prosecuted that never made mainstream media. But no, uh, the drug companies, they carry a black box suicide warning on the drugs. Our organization helped obtain that black box warning uh, with other parents who lost their kids to the suicide aspect of it. But we have not really um, got any accountability regarding the um, mass shootings and the, um, the uh, murderous thoughts that are known to be associated with these drugs. So the answer to your question is sadly no. Uh, the psychiatric industry hides behind the victims and um, the media refuses to hold them accountable because they're the distribution channel. The, the uh, drug companies can't sell directly to the public. I, they can advertise, but they need the psychiatrist. And they transferred um, the Sandy Hook shooter psychiatrist to New Zealand. Abel Child followed him here. And as soon as he got back to the States, he was arrested by Homeland Security because we hounded the state 
every chance we got. So that was never, never brought out. Wow. I want to thank Dr. Peter Bregan. We've had Dr. Bregan on the show before, a true hero that was one of the foundational elements to bring this all to light. Sheila, uh, where do people go to find out more about your organization? We'll have you back on. We want social media, where people go to delve into this more. Sure. Ablechild.org. We have on the we have a menu. You could actually go down to our work and see a year-long investigation of all the work we did up against the state uh, for Sandy Hook and all the other mass shootings. And we have a very engaging Facebook. So I usually get back to postings and uh, we are nonpartisan. This is a human rights issue. And we welcome, we've worked with both. This has gone through presidents. So uh, we're big supporters of President Eisenhower and uh, the Able Child. That's how we got our name. And we are looking to help and solve this. And we think that these school shootings need to stop. And Steve, I will say the next one, we need the treating psychiatrist up in front of the microphones. I like what you say, come in front of the sticks, please. And tell us how great your treatment was for that for that shooter. Sheila Matthews, thank you. We love the passion. We love the intensity. We'll spend more time with you guys. Thank you. Okay. Thank you for having us on. God bless you. Thanks. I've, I've got Jeff Clark and DeGrasse. We actually have some good news of people that are fighting every day. Uh, I want to go to Sean McBrighty. Uh, Sean, first off, uh, you've been one of the, one of the real fighters for the families in Maine. Um, Terrible situation up there. We still can't. It's still very difficult to make head nor tails of it. Give us your thoughts before we talk about this outrage in in women's sports. You know, they're coming after the little boys with the drugs. Women's sports is and coming from a father who Mo was played sports from a very little girl. And eventually, you know, was a, one of the leaders of the volleyball team up at West Point. It outrages me. But but where are we with uh, with this tragedy happening in Maine? Yeah, I really appreciate the opportunity to be back on War Room to speak with the posse. But, yeah, we've really got a horrific situation here with the mass shooting uh, that happened. And, you know, just like your last guest mentioned, I mean, due to the horrific leadership of uh, our worst governor, Janet Mills, a Democrat-led majority in all facets of our state government, and extreme failures in the mental health arena, I just ask your listeners to pray for the 18 families of the confirmed kills. And I think there's some 40 others that were injured here in Lewiston, Maine, the second biggest city, uh, only 38,000 people live here. But this person, Robert Card, a U.S. Army reserve, uh, reservist, was known by the FBI. And that's the constant in a lot of these shooting situations. He had clear mental derangement. Uh, it's been reported he heard voices. He wanted to kill people. And Donald Trump Jr. tweeted this out just the other day. It was perfect, uh, unfortunately. Quote, the main shooter was, as always, known to law enforcement previously committed to a mental institution and prohibited from owning firearms. If the FBI would stop spying on concerned parents at PTA meetings and MAGA patriots, maybe they'd actually stop a real terrorist for a change rather than trying to create them. See, Sean, help us out here because I can't figure out. Uh, I have family. Uh, my great grandfather uh, fought with the first Maine Cavalry and uh, in the Civil War, his brother, uh, was uh, was one of the heroes of the First Maine Cavalry uh, and uh, died in Dahlgren's raid, uh, this really the top secret mission to uh, to free the uh, the uh, the patriots that were in Libby prison. Uh, so we have a lot of connections in Maine. I can't figure out 
for the patriots and the hardworking people up there, and, and you don't have a more hardworking place than the state of Maine. And and you say Lewiston is the second biggest town in the. I think Portland's one. Lewiston's two. It's got thirty eight thousand people. That's a village, in you know most states, most of the big states. How this thing with the women's sports has got me. I just don't understand. You you've had now they're like bragging about it that they got these young boys that are pretending they're girls. And they're allowed to be in these sporting events and they're setting records and winning things. And they're they're being celebrated by the cultural and political leadership of the state of Maine. So how does that how does that work? Yeah, it's very difficult. I mean, Maine is a four season state. I, I state. I love it. Uh, it's, it's one of the most beautiful places in the country. But we've been taken over the last decade or two by far left, you know, progressive Democrats moving in from away, as we say, Connecticut, New York, Massachusetts, wherever. And Southern Maine, we have two districts here in, in the uh, presidential race. Uh, the Southern District, we refer to as Northern Massachusetts, Steve. And then we refer to the real Maine, uh, maybe Waterville North. And, and, you know, it's just so tragic what has happened to our state. But we have had, again, the aspect of just Democrat leadership across the board. And in this situation, for example, Jared Golden, uh, a Democrat, one of our legislators, he just said yesterday before the before the families have even been able to collect the body, Steve, which is so horrific, you know, he wants to talk about assault rifle bans and all these nonsensical things. But, you know, when we talk about this trans misogyny that's happening and active discrimination against these young girl athletes in Maine, it's simply a story about heartbreak, uh, both from the parents' perspective and the kids' perspective. But this 16-year-old sophomore, a young man, Soren Stark-Chessa from little town Freeport, Maine, which is about 10,000 people, He's been allowed by the Maine Principals Association to essentially braid his hair, paint his nails, and then as a mediocre male athlete, go over to the girl's side and simply dominate and rewrite the record books. Uh, he won his last three meets, Steve, one by over two minutes. Unbelievable. But how can this how can this have support? Don't in the aren't the parents in Maine, particularly the dedication it takes for these little girls to, to dedicate themselves to a sport and to become so good you could be at the top of it, they're the ones that are being wrecked by these, like I said, average to below average male athletes who are now pretending to be girls and setting records. When you win a, a race by two minutes and when most races if you win it is by a hundredth of a second. Why are the parents why are the parents tolerating this? Yeah, I mean Steve, Maine has become a California of the East Coast. There's no doubt uh, it is really one of those situations where people are afraid to speak. I think going through the COVID situation, there's a lot of sheeple out there in Maine. There are a lot of parents who most conservative, Steve, you know, run a business or are a good employee or a good father, good wife. Uh, they, de you know, dedicate their time to their church, to sports. And what we've been told the last, you know, couple decades really is, and it went from political correct speech, you know, you know decades ago to everybody gets a trophy and now girls can uh, or boys can be girls and Maine really, again, we we just don't have enough strong fathers. Um, we've got a number of strong mothers that are stepping up, but people are scared, Steve, because of the cancel culture and it's being supported at all levels of government. So his school propagated this. The Maine Principals Association approved it. The Maine School Management Association is pushing transgenderism, the MEA Teachers Union, the Maine Department of Education, all the way up to. You know, Janet T. Mills, our governor, and the T stands for tyrant. It's just an unfortunate situation that we have allowed to happen. And now folks like myself and a few other people are trying to speak out against it. 
and you know we are just labeled you know far around you'll probably appreciate uh sean we had a little problem with your uh with your connection what is your social media i want people to go to your site you guys are following this we're going to get obviously quite involved in in helping having the backs of parents in maine that want to sort this thing out because it is unfair to the little girls that are trying to compete in sports. And, and I think one of the most positive things we've had in our country in the last 40 or 50 years is young women getting engaged in sports and being able to get uh, scholarships to Division One or Division Two schools and participate and had a, such a positive impact on American society, and particularly American business. Where, where do people go to find out more about your fight up there? Yeah, I do my most damage on Twitter, uh, at Sean McBriarty. Uh, a week from Saturday on November 4th in Belfast, Maine at 1220, Class C cross-country championships. The girls' championships will be there. there. This boy is going to beat 97 of those girls. There's two girls, Steve, that are probably going to kick his ass. But he's already kept people off of the stage, off of the ability to be in the championships. And he's rewriting history. You know, every girl that's ever played sports or any girl who wants to play sports is now having to be physically dominated by men. So in, you know, really in closing, this is a discrimination issue. I think there are a number of parents that are probably worthy of a massive Title IX lawsuit. Uh, my last two podcasts, Main Source of Truth, I had on Riley Gaines, uh, the, the swimmer patriot that has been fighting this whole thing with William Leah Thomas in the pool. And then Marshy Smith from Icons, which is Independent Council on Women's Sports, who are hopefully going to support some of these parents here. So, uh, you know, just... Appreciate everybody in the posse uh, reaching out. Please follow me on Twitter. And uh, again, that's uh, where you'll find all the stories. We got to do We got to set this right. It's just not it's unacceptable. It's going to have a massive impact. Sean McBride, thank you very much, brother. Want everybody to go check out his uh, Twitter. Go to his site today. Thank you so much. Okay, we got uh, we got good news. We got two fighters that are about back to back. Jeff Clark and, of course, Alex DeGrasse. We got some good news on fights that we're winning in fights ahead of us because we know the audience on Saturday morning likes a good fight as they get ready for the, uh, for the weekend. I want to thank everybody at Birchgold, birchgold.com slash Bannon. Make sure you go check it out. You get all the free installments on the end of the dollar empire, but also you get access to Philip Patrick and his team. Ask them about all the tax-free vehicles they have. If you want to get involved in gold in your portfolio. And you should understand that for 5,000 years of man's recorded history, gold has been a hedge against turbulent times. And you don't have to go to the war room to find out we're in turbulent times. And it's only going to get more turbulent. Birchgold.com slash Bannon. Do it today. Jeff Clark, Alex DeGrasse, next in the war room. I am the last person on earth to nag you about your diet. I think you can see I don't always make the healthiest food choices either. But I will share that the Mayo Clinic says if you want to help prevent heart disease, lower blood pressure, and cholesterol, eat five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. I don't, and you probably won't. That's why I take Field of Greens every morning. Unlike the others, each fruit and each vegetable in Field of Greens was medically selected by doctors to support your vital organs like heart, lungs, kidneys, and immune system. Flu season is here, and I trust Field of Greens to help me stay healthy. Field of Greens works fast. You feel better with more energy, and you'll notice your skin, hair, and nails will look healthier, too. If you don't always eat right and exercise, join me and take Field of Greens.
Now, let me get you started with 15% off your first order. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code Bannon. That's promo code Bannon at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com. More energy. You'll look better. You'll feel better. And you'll get what the Mayo Clinic says is what you need in fruits and vegetables every day. Fieldofgreens.com. Code Bannon. Take agency. Do it today. Action, action, action. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, welcome back. Uh, we've got a lot of wood to chop, and man, we are going to chop it here. Um, Jeff Clark, you're on a, uh, you, you, you have got something else new that you're going to tell us how we're going to get victories. Walk us through it. Your, your beloved EPA, the SEC, all of it. Well, Steve, this is about uh, the SEC, but it's the SEC building on past actions of the Obama administration that, uh, you know, really obviously then go back a ways. So the SEC put out a proposed uh, climate disclosure rule. Hold on. I want to make sure since it since it hang on, since it's Saturday, since it's Saturday morning, make people know that this is not the Southeast Conference, the football powerhouse (laughs) of my beloved South, although I'm not really an SEC guy. Uh, This is the Security and Exchange Commission. So what is the Security and Exchange Commission doing on a Saturday morning? Well, Steve, yeah, it's the Securities Exchange Commission. First chairman of that was actually uh, Joe Kennedy uh, back in the 30s. It was formulated in the 30s. It has uh, five members. It's one of these independent agencies, which really marks it out as unconstitutional, in my view. And we'll, we'll talk about that. But here's what they've recently proposed. In March of 2022, they proposed a climate change disclosure rule. It hasn't been finalized yet, but they're threatening to finalize it. They're trying to scare uh, Americans off from challenging it before it comes out. And what the rule does is it requires publicly traded companies to disclose their greenhouse gas emissions and also to discuss the risks uh, that the companies face from climate change. And they're doing this in what they're calling three scopes. So the first scope is emissions from the company itself. Then scope two is emissions from their energy suppliers, whether it's a power plant uh, or, or the like, or fuel they purchase, oil, et cetera. And then the third are emissions from either, get this, upstream or downstream uh, uh, things in the supply chain, other companies that relate to it. They, you have to do calculations on that too. And the SEC recognizes that especially scope three is very controversial. And you know this is well beyond the SEC's remit, right? They're supposed to be regulating for disclosure. They're supposed to be regulating fraud in the stock market. Here, you know, they've reached out to climate change, but you know the the answer to the question of, you know, how do you build a pontoon bridge? Is you start one pontoon at a time. So you get a pontoon from EPA about how how dangerous greenhouse gas emissions are. And then, you know, the SEC says, oh, it's so dangerous, it impacts the financial markets, and we have to get in on the act, too, and and regulate more. It really is a a story of regulatory creep, uh, Steve. And uh, like I said, the SEC, through its chairman, Gary Gensler, announced uh, on on Thursday uh, in a kind of extortionary way, uh, you know, almost like the mafia, like, hey, uh, don't challenge this rule, because if you challenge this rule, American corporations, you may wind up in a worse spot because the European Union has similar rules. Their rules are more strict. You'll get exposed to them if you don't have the cover of our uh, more I, reasonable ha, rule. Ha, hang, hang on. 
I, I thought we were beaten back. I thought Larry Fink and these guys have already been beaten back on ESG and all this stuff. I thought shareholders, and because it was all nonsense, it was adding cost, uh, particularly as the economy got tougher. I thought Fink and these guys were, were, were in retreat. Is this a different angle of attack that Gensler is trying to say, the Biden regime is trying to, trying to make sure that the, all this, the social credit scores and all the nonsense they were doing with the ESG of it all? That they're coming at this from a regulatory because the ESG, I think, was voluntarily, quote unquote, voluntarily from the company. Is this Gensler, those guys admitting that ESG is going away, so they're going to use the hammer here? Well, it's complimentary, Steve. And, you know, obviously, you know that that sometimes these guys, uh, you know, like Fink, they faint in one direction and they move in another. The rule actually, you know, talks about your disclosure obligations increasing if you voluntarily, uh, you know, agree to uh, collect certain data. So, you know, if if the ESG front on the on the so-called voluntary side, even though the Black Rocks of the world, right, obviously exercise massive control over capital markets, and then that affects the corporations that need to get the capital as well. So it's not as voluntary as it looks. But the the voluntary side of it can then feed into a regulatory side, and they have a you know, a sort of negative synergy with each other to get more and more regulation. And look, it's it's one thing for Gensler to be telling the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, which he did yesterday, uh, that actually Thursday, that, uh, you know, you better not challenge this rule. Like, we're hoping you won't challenge this rule because it, you know, could be worse for you. But how's it going to be worse for you? It's going to be worse for you because of what the EU is going to do to you. So now we have the SEC essentially partnering with the EU to try to, uh, you know, force American corporations to, to knuckle under to all this nonsense. The administrative state. So how are we going to, I know if uh, Jeff Clark, have given a challenge, Clark and the folks over at CRA, uh, Center for Renewing America, are going to fight back. So tell me what the fight back is. Sure. So, Steve, look, there's the main constitutional problem with this, right? And then we have an intermediate step that, uh, you know, if we take back the executive branch, we're ready to implement very quickly with a new executive order. Uh, and then the groundwork's already been laid uh, that this is entirely lawful to do the executive order that is uh, from the Office of Legal Counsel at the uh, Department of Justice, which is we can extend Executive Order 12866 two independent agencies for the first time, and we can force, you know, the Gary Genslers of the world or the independent agencies of the world to come in and justify these kinds of, uh, you know, totally unnecessary and burdensome rules to OMB. So, you know, imagine, uh, you know, somebody like Russ Vote is sitting in the chair in January of uh, you know, 2025 at OMB, and uh, they trundle in and say, "Hey, we want a new climate disclosure rule." You can imagine how that's that's going to go over, and uh, you know what the economists at OMB are going to think of of that kind of stuff. Um, they're going to push back on it, and then eventually we have to get a case to the courts that challenges uh, the decisions that came out of the New Deal that have put in place this uh, independent agency structure. It violates the unitary nature of the executive branch, the power of the president to be the one who decides uh, how to regulate uh, under delegations from Congress and, uh, you know, uh, can remove people like SEC chairs who are not uh, following presidential directives if they are not doing that. And the law at the moment 
you know, in Supreme Court case law from this uh, older case called Humphrey's Executor, lets, uh, you know, insulates these uh, independent agencies from presidential control. We have to get that reconsidered. And I do think that this Supreme Court, uh, especially after how uh, Trump has put several appointees on it who are very interested in these uh, issues of uh, the separation of powers and in the appointments clause, I think they're the ones who, who could set that right. But again, we got a, you know, shorter term fix of uh, putting them under the thumb uh, and uh, supervision of OMB, and then uh, who obviously reports directly to the president, and then a longer-term solution to get a case that overrules uh, this this very bad precedent, Humphrey's executor. Okay, heads up to the Warren Posse. Unitary, unitary, unitary theory of the executive branch. Right, take your number two pencil out and write that down. We'll get born back to that. That is a intellectual construct that is going to be quite important going forward. By the way, Jeff, I'll have you back on here. I noticed we're sending $100 million the other day to Palestine for the for the uh, Hamas guys in Gaza, but we haven't sent any money yet to East Palestine, Ohio. We'll get into that next week. Jeff Clark, social media, how do they get you at CRA? You guys are doing bang-up work, and Russ Vote was one of the driving forces in back of uh, making sure that we got a— uh, a uh, individual with a biblical worldview as a speaker of the house. So we want to thank you guys. Where do people get to you, Jeff? Sure. So, and Steve, on uh, East uh, Palestine, you got to hear what's brewing with that, with the left trying to uh, co-op that and take it over. We can talk about that at a future time. I'm at uh, Jeff Clark U.S. on Getter and Twitter, and uh, uh, at uh, Jeff Clark U.S. on Truth Social. And um, the center is at AmericaRenewing.com. Amazing. We'll have you on next week about East Palestine. We are quite interested in that, quite focused on it. Uh, Jeff, thanks so much for taking time away on a Saturday. Really appreciate it. And the folks thanks, over at CRA for firing up the, firing up the studio. Uh, DeGrasse, brother, we're having these massive fights in the House. We just won. You are always thinking downrange. You're all about these redistricting. We got some good news out of North Carolina, the Tar Heel State. Walk me through it, brother. <clears throat> Thanks, Steve. Great to be with the posse here in New York City in a little call booth at the Union League Club. But here's what we've got. So one of the biggest victories in maybe a decade in terms of redistricting, we've been able to move the North Carolina map now to a 10 safe Republican seat, three Democrats, one swing seat as of Two days ago, it was passed in the law. And the way it works in North Carolina is Governor Cooper does not have a role in redistricting, so it's done. Uh, that's over with. It's handled. And we've got three new Republican seats and one new swing seat. I mean, these Democrats are tanked. These are Trump double-digit seats. If they want to throw the map up there, we can walk people through. But, but hold it. But hold it. Hold it. I'm going to hold you through the break. you got to make me feel good here because Carolina gave a, I gave a speech last night to these folks down here, principally driven by your analysis. Of, is there any way that this be unwound? Can they go back to court? Can Mark Elias still work his evil, or is this locked in? It's locked in. It's done. It's airtight. So 10, 10 10 Republican seats, two Democrats in one swing. Is that where we are? Three Democrats, three Democrats in one swing, yeah. Which will win the swing. It's only so, so, Alex, before I'm a college to the break, go to the rest of the country for a quick snapshot of where we are. Tell me, how did this happen, and why are we then having so many problems in other states like Alabama? or Ohio? How did they pull it off in North Carolina? Yeah, so we won that state Supreme Court. We're able to handle it there. It's why it's so important. We spoke about that. 
those are the most, remember I went on, I think months ago, we said state Supreme Court, you know, state court, if not the most important election and elected office in this country, except the presidency, and that's the key here, especially in these battleground states, to get judges in there that follow the law so that we can litigate things uh, properly as they should be handled. And that's how we were able to do it. I mean, through strength and resolve of Republicans, they're able to put this through. Um, you hang on. Short commercial break. We're going to come back in a minute. I'm going to talk about the rest of the states. Massive win in the Tar Heel states. Ten Republican seats, three Democrat, one swing. Short commercial break. Big, big win in Tar Helia. Back with Alex Agras in a moment. I am the last person on earth to nag you about your diet. I think you can see I don't always make the healthiest food choices either. But I will share that the Mayo Clinic says if you want to help prevent heart disease, lower blood pressure and cholesterol, eat five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. I don't. And you probably won't. That's why I take Field of Greens every morning. Unlike the others, each fruit and each vegetable in Field of Greens was medically selected by doctors to support your vital organs like heart, lungs, kidneys, and immune system. Flu season is here, and I trust Field of Greens to help me stay healthy. Field of Greens works fast. You feel better with more energy. And you'll notice your skin, hair, and nails will look healthier, too. If you don't always eat right and exercise, join me and take Field of Greens. Now, let me get you started with 15% off your first order. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code Bannon. That's promo code Bannon at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com. More energy. You'll look better. You'll feel better. And you'll get what the Mayo Clinic says is what you need in fruits and vegetables every day. Fieldofgreens.com, code Bannon. Take agency, do it today. Action, action, action. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. So, DeGrasse, on a Saturday morning, tell me, tell me the net pickup in Carolina is what? Three right off the bat, and we'll pick up a fourth when we uh, get a red wave in North Carolina with President Trump on the ticket. Um, and so just to walk through the seats, you've got North Carolina six, which is held by Manning. That good win from a Biden 12 percent to a Trump 16.2. You've got Representative Nickel. That's a Biden 1.7 to a Trump by 17 and North Carolina 14 Jackson to Biden 16 to a Trump 16. And then the swing seat Biden originally won by seven to now it's only Biden won by 1.5. And you already saw one of those Democrats drop out and run for attorney general and melt down in his ad. So it's a total route. I got the numbers there for the posse. They want to dig in, zoom in, look at those. Um, North Carolina is critical, and we feel great about it. But there's a lot going on in other states, too. I know we and, wanted to run through and, that. Okay, g- give me a quick tour of the horizon. Uh, how we're doing, because every day I'm seeing, I think, bad news because Mark Elias we're in, we're in court. We're not winning. Uh, they're redoing maps that we've already done. Walk me through a couple of three of the most important, New York, Ohio, or Alabama, wherever else. Yeah, so New York, November 15th, big case. One big issue, Steve, we spoke about it 
they put that new judge in there. Actually, we had not spoken about this directly, but they put in that judge. We walked through that in the past, another liberal judge. She just walked away from the case. She um, excused herself from the case with no explanation, which is total corruption. They put in a farther left judge. We're looking at that. It's sort of crazy. I asked the posse to look into that to see what the stakes are and what we're up against. So November 15th, we've got three or four seats on the line in New York. There's a lot of very corrupt behavior going on. It's totally in your grill, as you like to say, Steve, in your grill, New York corruption. But we're looking at Georgia. Uh, They are looking at one of the seats there. Um, for an additional African-American opportunity in the West Metro area. This we sort of knew about already, so the media is trying to play it out. It does not necessarily mean that there could be a Dem pickup, but there might be some changes there. We talked about North Carolina, of course. And they've, hold, hold it, and they, hold it, Kemp, Kemp, and Kemp has called a special session, I believe, in Georgia to deal with this at, yeah. in November, correct? Yes, and they're, okay. they're fighting back the state is, so that's positive. Alabama, we spoke about, looks like Perfect. we've got that new map. Um, and so there could be a possible Democrat seat there, but not guaranteed. So they're looking at kind of path forward on that. Those are the ones where there's actual movement. Everything else is a little bit of noise. You've got the case playing out in Wisconsin. Florida, we feel good about. South Carolina's farther downrange. Um, and then New York is November 15th. So those are the kind of key developments in the last month. So with the it, worst case, it looks like, if everything cuts against us in the other states, the ones you just mentioned, with the North Carolina pickup, it's neutral to maybe we're down, we lose one or two seats? Yeah, exactly. Or if we hold everything, we could be up by two or three. We hold New York. You yes, know, yes, yes. But, yeah. but people, ha- so, people have to understand we have a five-seat majority. This could swing two seats. So if it goes against us, you could be down to a, structurally a two- or three-seat majority at the get-go this is going to be a battle of the titans for the House this time. It just, trust me, and the Democrats, Mark Elias, have figured out they've got to win. To be competitive, they've got to win these redistricting fights. That's why they're so important. That's why the grass is on the case. And that's why, once again, these state Supreme Court elections are, are, are as you say, you believe they're the second most powerful, most important elections in the country uh, from the presidency, sir. Yeah, absolutely. When I said that months back, a lot of people actually reached out to me across the party and said, hey, look, that's right. You know, word spreads from the war room, of course. And um, I think it's critical that people lock in on that. The House is so important because they'll impeach President Trump on day one. There's no doubt about that. And we feel great about President Trump's election. The House is a knife fight. It's total trench warfare. A lot of it being down to California and New York, where you don't have sort of presidential level operations. We call those, quote, orphan states in national politics where it's all about the House fight sort of leading that. So that's a lot of where our focus is as House Republicans sort of getting a handle on that election integrity issues, obviously a disaster in many areas. We're suing New York, a lot of stuff happening. So we appreciate the posse, you, everyone else getting involved, volunteering, hit us up. We'd love to plug you in. We've got to take that one swing seat in North Carolina because those are critical. You know, these Biden one to five, we've got to get in the bag. You know, we've got to dig deep like we did last time where we're able to flip these Biden 10, 15 seats. Because what we're seeing, Steve, in our internal polls in the orphan states, California and New York, is President Trump is on average outperforming eight to nine points in every single seat, every single demographic, New York City, Hudson Valley, Long Island, upstate New York, California, wherever. He's increased his margins to where if he maybe lost the seat by seven or eight, he's tied in our polling. And so it's huge. And we're seeing that across like 20 polls. 
So that's why the Democrats are panicking because the strength of MAGA is totally ascendant at the ballot box. And, you know, winds are on our side. Everyone feels great. And it's going to be a tough one. So we need everyone to lock in now, frankly. But I don't want to make your life any harder, young man, because you're, you're a very special person. But I have to let the Warren Posse know you're one of the great unsung heroes in this knife fight that we've gone through for nine months. DeGrasse is one of the rocks and uh, one of the rocks of Gibraltar. So, Alex, I want to thank you for all the effort you did uh, and all the uh, you can't imagine the incoming this young man takes. But one of the Warren Posse wants to thank you uh, for all your efforts. Uh, social media, where do they go to find out more about this, Alex? Thank you, Steve. You know, it's one of the great things traveling around. You, you meet people at the airport and at political rallies that are in the posse. And it is a great community. I will say that. But I'm at DeGrasse81 on Twitter, Getter, Alex DeGrasse, uh, Truth, and all of that. So I look forward to hearing and connecting with everyone because there's a lot of work to do. Remember, think about your list. Five Republicans, five swing voters. Work them now and we'll get it going. Brother, it's going to be a knife fight. You'll be with us all the way, and we will be with you. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Steve. You remember Sally Smith from last year. Sally, how does this uh, change uh, affect you down in uh, North Carolina 1, ma'am? You put up a hard fight last time. What does it mean? Hi, Steve. Sandy Smith from North Carolina 1. It's doing great. Um, We are very excited about these new maps. Uh, You know, my team and I, we've dug into these. And one thing is very clear, had I ran on this map in 2022, I would be defending this seat. I would have won by over 8,000 votes. And in 2024, we are looking to um, move the needle almost six points. Hang on for a second. I want to hit rewind because people were in the fight with you. You made a couple of great speeches at rallies President Trump came to. Just hit rewind and give that to me again with no changes whatsoever. If we had had this map in 22, walk me through what the results would have been for Sally Smith. For Sandy Smith, it would be, I would have won this district by over 8,000 votes. I would be a sitting congresswoman here defending my seat. And that was actually after they gerrymandered the districts last minute in 2022. Now going into 2024, we are looking to take this seat and win by almost six points. What it, what it, um, what do people, are people pumped up down there? Do they understand how important this fight? I, I, I want to say again, for the folks in Carolina, you are showing the way to the rest of the country. What you did in these uh, Supreme Court elections, you guys have pulled it off. You've done it. This is monumental. This is going to be critical to us holding the House in 2024. Uh, Mark Elias and that crowd know it. The folks down there on the ground, do they understand what this massive achievement's been, ma'am? Oh, absolutely. They have been in the trenches together with me fighting to flip this district. This district has not held uh, had a Democrat hold this seat since 1883. So this is a historic opportunity. And this is MAGA country. We are farmers. We are military. We are mom and pops and and young families. And we are seeing exactly what the Biden administration and their woke policies have done to this community. So they are fired up. My phone has blown up nonstop. A matter of fact, before I got on with you, I had four people cheering us on and asking, hey, where can we send you money? Where do we when do we vote? So it's great. 
Sandy, you were such a firebrand last time. You did so many great opens for President Trump. How do people get social media, how they find out more about you, ma'am? Because now time to get back up on the horse. Absolutely. We need the entire war, war um, posse out there fighting for us. The war room posse, I should say. Um, it is Sandy Smith NC on all social media platforms. You can also go to my website, sandysmithnc.com. Click on that donate. If somebody can throw in five bucks, we need it. That gets us a sign. If you can throw a couple dollars more, we can get those radio ads and those commercials. We already know the Uniparty is after us. They are already, the Democrats are panicking. My opponent knows that even though Nancy Pelosi came in and dropped $6.2 million last time to drag his bottom across the finish line, she's not going to be able to do it this time. This is our race to win, and we're going to do it together. Sandy, fight on, ma'am. Looking forward to it. You're God a firebrand. Thank you, Steve. God bless you. Thank you. Boy, folks in Carolina, so so honored to be invited down here to talk. Let's go to Will Ostan. Will, are you a, a, you're a retired colonel or lieutenant colonel? Uh, retired, retired major, but thanks for promoting me there, Steve. <laughs> it's a field promotion, <laughs> war and field promotion. Brother, you're up there in God's country. Tell me, tell me about the field man you, you wrote here. Tell me about it, because I know you guys are fighting the good fight there in, uh, in California. Absolutely. So I'm coming to you from South Carolina today, representing my brothers in uh, Northern California. They had me write this field manual. So these guys are amazing. This is the story of local citizens in Northern California, Shasta County, who had no prior political experience, and they actually did a historic recall under the California Constitution. And then it was so successful that they decided, hey, we need to write a field manual about it so that other local concerned citizens across America can replicate what they did. And it's in conjunction with an eight episode mint documentary series that was live. So you buy the field manual and you watch the docuseries, Red, White and Blueprint, and then literally you can go change your local community like the great citizens of Shasta County, California did. How did they get so fired up? What was it that triggered these folks? Is just these were just everyday people that had their own lives. These were not political people. What was it that triggered them to said, "Hey, we've had enough of this. We got to save our county." It was just the typical leftist complete government overreach. You know, the administrative state, the leftist neo-Marxist dictates coming down from Sacramento, and this was during the height of COVID, and you know, they just began to just completely shut down everything for elongated times. And it was actually a brave young woman named uh, Alyssa McEwen and then a brave young man named Jeremy Edwardson. And they just said, thus far, no more. We are going to take back our county. Everybody focuses on national federal elections. That's where the attention is. Rightly so. Of course, we've got a new Speaker of the House. We have to focus on the federal. But there is so much stuff that we can get done on the local level. And it's kind of been this missing piece that can literally change America from the bottom up. Brother, if you can hang on, I want to hold you through the uh, I want to hold you through the uh, the commercial break. Um, want to talk about home title lock. Make sure there's six trillion dollars of uh, home equity sitting out there. And now you've got the cyber criminals. You can't take out a second because it's 14 or 15 percent interest. But they can by getting in and making sure they go into one of these uh, counties and get access to your title. Make sure you shut it down. Go to HomeTitleLock.com and do it today. They've got the entire they've got the entire operation laid out to you. Everything you have to do. HomeTitleLock.com. 
Make sure a hard money lender, someone that hasn't gotten a hard money loan of someone's going to make you pay back the principal and the interest. That'll put a crimp in your style. That'll that'll preclude you from coming to the ramparts. Whether it's to save Shasta County up in Maine or helping us in the house, all the fights we got there. Short commercial break. We're going to be back in to wrap up a Saturday in the war room. Just a moment. You should choose an air purifier like your life depends on it, because it just might. More than 35,000 wildfires have devastated the U.S. this year. The toxins and particles in wildfire smoke can penetrate our lungs and threaten our health. That's why EnviroCleanse developed military-grade air purification for your home. And they just announced their biggest sale of the year. Save a massive 30% off during their Labor Day sale. EnviroCleanse is specifically designed to wipe out airborne chemicals and viruses known to cause illness, allergies, and difficulty breathing. Even toxic gases and particles found in wildfire smoke are no match for EnviroCleanse. That's why the Department of Defense chose EnviroCleanse to protect the air on board our Navy combatants. And EnviroCleanse comes with a free professional air quality monitor so you know your family's breathing purified air. Now's the time to save 30% off your air purification unit. Get the free air quality monitor and fast free shipping. That's at 250 bucks savings. Visit ekpure.com and use code Steve. That's ekpure.com, code Steve. Let me repeat, ekpure.com, code Steve. ekpure.com, code Steve. Take action, use your agency, do it today, get the benefits of the sale. War Room, here's your host, Stephen K. Bann. Okay, um, Major Ostan. Once again, where do people go to get the field manual? What are they going to learn? How do they get the documentary? Where do they go? Yes, sir. So to buy the field manual, you go to willostan.com. And in order to um, get the docuseries, you go to rwabp.com. And basically, this is for the average, local, ordinary citizen who loves America, but they don't know how to get involved. If you've ever thought politics is too big for me, but I want to make a change in my community and I don't know what to do, this is literally the answer for you. I have made it very succinct. It's only 20,000 words. I'm a lawyer. I wanted to make it 200,000, but I wanted to make it so you could fit it. A mother could fit it in her purse. She could figure out what she wanted to do. Joe Sixpack, you know, having a few on the Saturday morning, he can read it and he can be like, this is how I changed my local community. So listen, we have hope for America. It's an adrenaline shot of hope. It's a philosophical defense of America in part one. And then in part two, it breaks it down to the problem, the players and the process. And it gives you 22 archetypes of the players. So I don't care if you, you know, are the public speaker in front of cameras or you're somebody who wants to be behind the scenes and un, you know not out in front of the cameras, there is a role for you to play in the 22 archetypes. And then the process is 12 steps that I reverse engineered how they won the recall. And it can be applied to a local school board, to run for office, you know, at a local level mayor. It can, this is the answer wow. to a grassroots movement. I love it. And that's what we're about here. We're going to empower you. Major, thank you so much. Honored to have you on here. Look forward to having you back. The field manual. Thank you, Steve. 
If Grace and Mo can get it into the chat room. Thank you. Um, Sabin Howard. Sabin, you're one of the great artists of our time. You're doing this magnificent um, memorial on World War One. We've actually had some issues related to that this week. We would love to have your thoughts on it, sir. Uh, thank you. So um, just a little background. Uh, on September 13th, 2024, we will be putting in a 60-foot-long, 38-figure composition called A Soldier's Journey, 150 yards from the White House. I wanted to make an analogy about the destruction of these sculptures around our country and bring to you like this concept of like, how do you make art? How do you, you know, continue a very rich environment that this country is? So as an artist, I learned how to do the figures behind me. These are the actual pieces that will be cast and then become part of this uh, visual narrative. And I couldn't have done this without following the history that preceded me in the art world, the tradition of art. It starts with the Greeks, the figurative tradition with Hellenistic period and continues through the Renaissance and then the Baroque period and then Rodin after that. And each of these periods told the history of those times. So if I hadn't had that, it would be like starting at zero. So history for an artist in the creative process is imperative. So why is not history imperative to the evolution and that a country continue in the same manner as art does? Because art, culture, and life, are they're inextricable. They are tied together. And the concerns that I have when you continue to topple sculptures that tell our history is that those things that are passed along to people, the history of our country that is passed along to, to the people of this, the citizens of this country, if that is taken away, how can we learn to not do those same mistakes over again? So if you destroy the sculpture of General Lee, what's to say that that does not happen again? And I understand that, you know, this whole idea of like, okay, well, this was a dark period in, in the history of this, this country. Well, then by sweeping it away, by, by just destroying a bronze at a foundry, what have you done? You've put a bandage on the problem. The problem still exists. All you've done is you've destroyed a sculpture. That sculpture also took a long time to produce by somebody who was well-educated, well-skilled, and knew what he was doing. And unfortunately, in the art world, it's been decimated because we've destroyed the idea that we are tied to our past. So I'm a strong proponent in the ideology that you need to learn from your history and your past so that you can proceed forward educated in a knowledge of upliftment and, and, and not go into this zero culture, which is about debasement. The basement doesn't do anything for anybody except create a sense of victimization. You need to become empowered and have this thought of limitless potentiality. And that's what this country is about. That's what my art's about. That's why I made such a large composition to talk about the everyman in World War I. It makes me very sad to see things like this. The uh, New York Times is like proud that they've destroyed a sculpture. All you've done is created a void and then you'd have no idea how you're gonna fill that void with anything else. That's a very sad moment for this country and the world. 
Sabin, how do people, where do they go right now to find out more about this historic, classical Western uh, sculpture you're doing to, to honor the every man of World War I, the American uh, soldier, where, and the families? Where, where do they go right now to find that? Thank you, Steve. Uh, you can see Sabin Howard, S-A-B-I-N Howard, SabinHoward.com. You can also find me on Instagram at Sabin Howard Sculpture. Your, your, your work of art is extraordinary, and it's going to have a lasting impact in this country's culture, and particularly the culture of the, of the, uh, of the capital. Uh, we're very honored to have you on here, and very profound words about the situation with uh, General Lee's statues. Thank, Thank you. you so much, Sabin. Look forward to having you back on. Thank you. It's a man that's dedicated his life to his art and also to the spirit of the American, uh, the American working man. I want to thank our sponsors at Birch Gold. Make sure you go there today and, uh, and check everything out, uh, particularly talk to Philip Patrick and the team. It's now time that, uh, that you got up to speed on everything related to precious metals in your portfolio. Also, I want to thank the team at, uh, at JaceMedical.com. Make sure you go there. Particularly, if you have medicines you need to take, you cannot be caught by surprise on this. You must get ahead of this. Just go to Jace Medical. Check it out. They built an entire system for you to make sure that, uh, that you're not caught unawares. Also, we got a new sponsor, a Silent, S-L-N-T. Don't let your uh, phones become your enemy. They build these amazing Faraday bags. You can, put your, you can put your phone, you can put your computer, your iPad. Total security from the forces and powers that be. Go check it out today. SLNT. I'll be up on Getter all weekend. We will see you back here Monday morning, 10 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time when you return to the war room. Great weekend. See you back here on Monday. We rejoice when there's no more. Let's take down the CCP. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67% and do it again. WARROOMHEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today, check it out.